0: lecture topic protecting iman in times of great insecurity alhamdulillah <laughs> alhamdulillah wa kafaa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina istafa amma ba'du fa a'udhu billahi min ash shaitanir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim walladhina amanu ashaddu hubban lillah وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إِتَّقِ المحارم تكون أعبد الناس أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. <coughs> Most respected mothers and sisters, Allah Taala's bounties and نعمات are countless upon us and let alone counting all the bounties of Allah Ta'ala which is impossible we cannot even fully fathom and understand the limitless benefits that we get from each bounty. Allah Ta'ala has showed us with all these na'mat and bounties for us to use but the greatest na'mat and the greatest bounty Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with is the ni'mat of Iman when a person has left this dunya with Iman and then he passes through the Qabr with Iman and with afiyat does not have to suffer any difficulty in the Qabr is blessed with the shade of the Arsh on the day of Qiyamat and then with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala is ushered into Jannat on that occasion perhaps a person will fully appreciate what a great bounty this Iman is because it is only with the ticket of Iman that a person will enter Jannat if Iman is missing then there is no entry into Jannat so Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with that great bounty. Then when such a great bounty has been blessed upon somebody this bounty has its dictates it has its demands it has its requirements because when a person has been blessed with iman a person has made the declaration of ashhadu allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa what this declaration means is that i have given myself up entirely to allah ta'ala Nothing will come between me and my Rabb. That is what this declaration means. That I worship Allah alone. And Muhammad is the messenger of Allah Ta'ala. And he is the last and final messenger. So therefore I will follow him alone. So now this is the dictates of this Iman. And Allah Ta'ala wants us to prove this. What we have declared. And to prove that we love him beyond everything else. We are in this very Mubarak time, these very Mubarak days. We are on the eve almost of Qurbani. And, MashaAllah, with much enthusiasm, everybody looks forward to the Qurbani. And indeed, we should be very enthusiastic about Ibadat. Whether the Ibadat is Salah, whether the month of Ramadan is approaching, and we are going to be fasting, whether somebody is going for Hajj, whether it is Qurbani, Whatever Ibadat it might be, we should be very enthusiastic about Ibadat because Ibadat is what will take us closer to Allah Ta'ala and this is an expression of our muhabbat for Allah Ta'ala, an expression of our servitude to Allah Ta'ala, that we are His slaves and we are committed to Him alone. So this is the dictates of Iman, that we give ourselves to Allah Ta'ala entirely. Now, in this mubarak these Mubarak days, we we'll go through the Amal of Qurbani, we go through the Amal of sacrificing animals, with much enthusiasm, but at the same time, what is the spirit that we are being taught in this Amal? We all are well aware of the history of it, the details behind it. This was the sacrifice of Ibrahim Alayhi Salatu Allah Ta'ala commanded him to sacrifice his son and he was ready and he made the attempt to put the knife on the throat of his son. Very, very easy to talk about it now, very easy to listen to it, but for a moment to reflect upon the actual moment when Ibrahim his beloved son, and he is putting the knife on his throat on the command of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala took the ability of cutting away from the knife, but Ibrahim was not aware of that, that Allah Ta'ala will not allow the knife to cut, until that really happened, he was not aware this is going to be the outcome. But SubhanAllah, without question, he was ready for this. That Allah Ta'ala's command, even if it's my child, but the love of Allah Ta'ala is above everything. So therefore I will not hesitate in fulfilling Allah Ta'ala's command. Now that is the same spirit that we have been taught in the Amal of Qurbani. It is not just a matter of sacrificing an animal and then enjoying its meat and sharing some of it too and it becomes a very enjoyable occasion sometimes becomes like a kind of party atmosphere which is not in order because the Qurbani so we should maintain the laws of Shariat in fulfilling this it's indeed Eid so we should express our happiness on occasion of Eid, but within the limits of Allah Ta'ala's commands, not outside those limits, that now there's intermingling taking place, sometimes there's other, even music some places, and what not goes on, and the kind of dressing, and which are not in keeping with the spirit of the very occasion itself, because the occasion is teaching us submission to Allah Ta'ala. The occasion is a remembrance of that Qurbani of Ibrahim A.S., so now in celebrating qurbani, a person is making Qurban of, and sacrificing the commands of Allah Ta'ala, that is the total opposite of what this has come to teach us. So in any case, what the point is, that we are taught practically through this amal of qurbani, that our lives are for Allah Ta'ala. Our entire existence has been a blessing from Allah Ta'ala's side, and this is an opportunity for us to earn the Akhirat, to earn Jannat so we sacrifice ourselves for Allah we submit ourselves to Him now in submitting ourselves to Allah one of the things that is fundamental to this Iman is that part of the shahadat La ilaha illallah that Muhammadur Rasulullah, that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the messenger of Allah ta'ala he is the last and final messenger there can be no salvation whatsoever if one does not follow Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, rejects him, then that is, person is doomed to disaster in the Akhirat forever. If he believes in Allah Ta'ala and he says he accepts Allah Ta'ala as the only one worthy of worship and Allah Ta'ala is the creator and he is the sustainer, but na'uzubillah, he does not accept Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam, there is no iman. Now, what is the dictates of this risalat that we bring iman in? That we say we have to follow Rasulullah. Sallallahu wa the amal of Qurbani, what did it teach us to submit to Allah Ta'ala? Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is our creator, sustainer, our love for Allah Ta'ala must be supreme. And therefore, this amal of Qurbani is so beloved to Allah Ta'ala that in the Hadith Sharif Nabi Slaw says there is no action. On the day of Eid al-Adha, that is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the sacrificing of animals. So now we, mashallah, do engage in this with enthusiasm. Why? Because we want to become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Allah loves us awal, so we'll become beloved to Him. So likewise, we have to follow very closely in the footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if we want to become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. And to become beloved to Allah Ta'ala, we have to follow in the footsteps of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There cannot be that a person is following Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and following somebody else at the same time. This doesn't work. It's either we have accepted Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as our guide, as our leader, as our Nabi, and as the one who we will follow, or we have decided something else and unfortunately this is where our biggest dilemma is that because of the things we get exposed to the environments that we are in the exposure to the media and to so many things that happen in schools, in various other places what we hear, what we sometimes ourselves start speaking about all this impacts on the heart in such a way that now we are sometimes Wanting to be here and there. Here and there. We want to be in the vehicle of the Sunnah also. And we want to also be in tune with the Western lifestyle. So now this is like a person. He wants to go to Medina Munawara. So he wants to go to Medina Munawara. He'll have to board the flight that is flying towards Medina Munawara. But at the same time, he wants to at the same moment be in New York as well. He wants to be in Paris also. And he wants to be in London too. So now if he wants to head to Madina Munawara and he's trying to keep one leg in one flight and the other in the other flight, he is not going to reach anywhere. He'll be torn apart. He has to board the flight to Madina Munawara fully. But now, if he's partly here and partly there, he cannot be anywhere. Unfortunately, this is what we try to sometimes do. That we want to be the followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi but without abandoning the Western lifestyle, without abandoning their preferences, their likes, without abandoning what they have regarded as something very great to themselves, for example their way of dressing, which is a very very immodest manner of and lifestyle, very much devoid of haya, of shame it goes against all norms of common sense let alone anything beyond that even common sense doesn't agree with it because it it breaks down all boundaries it creates immorality child growing up already exposed to that kind of attire of his own maybe his sister, his mother, others around him his mind is already gone in a different direction rewired into a way where Haya doesn't feature in it anymore so now we want to still be followers of Rasulullah but at the same time we don't want to abandon this we want to still keep that along how is water and oil going to mix how can that ever be possible that will never be possible there is a a principle where this is a principle of logic it's a very technical thing but the very easy understanding of it is that if there is something positive and something negative that you try to mix up everything will become negative. To understand this with a very easy example that there is a container of pure water clean, pure. But Now you know, try to keep the pure water also and you mix it with a drop of urine also. So now That's one drop and this is one bucket, but when this mixes, it will make everything negative. So much of positive, and that negative, the end result is negative. That now this entire bucket of water is polluted, it cannot be used in any way, it's only worthy of discarding. Now this doesn't mean that if a person has done some good amal, Allah Ta'ala won't reward him. But we want to be called the followers of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We want to be called his lovers. It's not just a matter of some sawab. Mashallah, whatever righteous deed a person performs, the person performs salah, they'll get rewarded. Despite other weaknesses, but the person made the salah, they'll get rewarded for the salah. The obligation of salah will get fulfilled also. The person made some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, the tilawat, mashallah, they'll get the reward for that as well. The person kept fast in the month of Ramadan, performed qurbani, somebody went for hajj, somebody did some other righteous deed, gave some charity. Allah Taala's grace and mercy is tremendous. We get rewarded for all that. But there's something beyond this. It's not just the focus on sawab alone. We want to be called the lovers of Rasulullah Sallam. We want to be called His. We want to be called His followers. We want to be raised on the day of Qiyamat with Him and the sahaba Ikram, kiram And those who are known as the Ushak and the lovers of Allah Ta'ala and the lovers of Rasulullah so mashallah the rewards the person that whatever righteous deeds he did Allah will reward him for that but being included in this group up front without having to go through any cleansing that requires that we have to abandon that which Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with which Rasulullah is not pleased with which goes against his Mubarak teachings then we will be raised as his ushaq, as his lovers. And this is that love that Ibrahim displayed, Ismail displayed. This is that message that we are given at the time of Qurbani. Ibrahim, Salaam, the incidents that Allah, Ta'ala, the tests that Allah Ta'ala put him through, the various incidents that took place, all are a highlight of this love that nothing will be allowed to come in between. Ibrahim is commanded to leave his wife and child in a barren place and go away. Now, again, very easy to discuss this. But imagine ourselves in that situation. With a little baby being left alone in a barren place. Ibrahim leaves them there and he is leaving now. He is turning away to go. So subhanallah, there are so many questions that will come to mind at that time. But when Allah tells us command, there's no question. When there's true love, and Allah's love is permeating every vein of the body, then there's no question left. The only thing is, it's my Allah's command. And now when he's leaving, his wife wants to know that you're leaving us here, you're not going to be staying around also, you're going away. And basically, in other words, we have nothing to survive on here there's no food, there's no water, besides there's little provisions, which will be over just now. There's no shelter here. There's no company here. It's a barren place. So she's insan after all. And as insan she also has this concern. And then she has a little baby with her. But when she asks the question, there's no answer the first time, no answer the second time. So if we are faced with that situation, that there's no answer also coming, number one, Something very strange is now being done. And then on top of that there is no answer. Then Allah knows best what will be the response to that situation. But then she didn't respond in a different way. She then responded by asking a different question. And the different question was, Is this the command of Allah? Now where did this question come from? This question can only come from a heart that is permeated with the love of Allah that yes this is a very challenging moment now I'm going to be left alone with my baby here no water, Zamzam also came after this qurbani that they made and everything is apparently the recipe for disaster, the recipe for destruction but if this is my Allah's command then I need to submit to this, so therefore that was the next question that well is this the command of Allah Ta'ala and Ibrahim indicates yes so when he indicates yes is Allah Ta'ala's command now what is her response after knowing now this is Allah Ta'ala's command إِذَنْ la يُدَيِّعُنَا in that case Allah will not allow us to perish now from where this answer can come it can only come when the heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala when the heart is filled with the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala when there is yaqeen and conviction in Allah Ta'ala, when there's ma'rifat, and recognition of Allah Ta'ala. Now, such a major challenge, what are the biggest challenges we also are concerned about nowadays? Security, food, accommodation. Now, the average person, these are the biggest concerns. That now, the rental is going so high, how can I afford it? The price of food is going so high, all commodities is just escalating, how going I manage this? and there's no security, there's so much of crime Hazrat Hajar was faced with all these issues that she's alone there now, she's going to be left alone so security is a question food and water are going to run out so there's no food and water there's no shelter but there's Yaqeen there's Ma'rifat and recognition of Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala is the controller Allah Ta'ala is the creator, he's the sustainer, he's the controller Everything is in His control. And Allah Ta'ala is the provider. The risk comes from Allah Ta'ala alone. So the only thing that can help one to overcome these kind of challenges and any challenge is Tawheed, the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. Embedded deeply in the heart. That Tawheed which is so firmly embedded that it has developed the Yaqeen, its broad conviction. And it has come to the point of ma'rifat. And there's complete recognition. And Allah Ta'ala's greatness is understood. We can't understand the reality in any way. But we, it's beyond the greatness of dunya that we understand. That dunya we understand the greatness of this and that and the other. But then that becomes the reality that Allah Ta'ala's greatness is real. This dunya is all just superficial. It's artificial. It exists. Surely on the command of Allah Ta'ala, when Allah wills, it, all just perish. So, that yaqeen and marifat, when it comes in, then all the other things just fade away. And that's the need of the moment. But when will this come? And when this yaqeen and marifat comes, then it'll come, it'll bring everything totally in place. Then it'll bring the Mubarak way of Rasulullah wa into our lives, at every step. And we would not be concerned about who's laughing and who's commenting and who's making fun of something and who's saying something else. And somebody is saying, "But what kind of wedding you're holding, such a simple function. You should be having something like how everybody else has it and it should become the talk of the town and it must be done in style. But what style? A style which Allah Ta'ala is not pleased with. So now all this will be, people will be talking these kind of things but the person who has developed this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala this muhabbat which has come beyond everything else then such a person does not get affected by the comments of people by the laughing of people also the person is too focused towards the direction of his love and his love is towards Allah wa ta'ala so this is the lesson that we have being taught on this occasion of qurbani that it's not just a matter of some ritual, it's not a ritual this is a spiritual, it's an ibadat, it's an act of worship and it's something that enhances the spirituality of a person tremendously if it is done correctly. It is done in the way that we have been taught with that niyat and that zeal and enthusiasm that we should be having and in this way if it is done it takes a person very much closer to Allah. Wa ta'ala. So now we are also living in a time and in a zamana But there are so many things that are happening and the speed at which things are moving and how things are going from bad to worse in so many sectors of life and so many aspects of life. This is really a time which is a very, very delicate time, very sensitive time, very scary time in a way for the protection of Iman. That Previously, maybe 25 years ago also, 30 years, 50 years ago, the risks were very much lesser, very much lesser and generally with minimal effort a person could be taking care of his iman, taking care of the iman of his family, of his children, of his progeny, certain basics had to be put in place and there was minimal risk because there was very little fitna around. Like for example 35, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, in general, people lived a very carefree life in terms of security. There were many people who talk about it, they had these big yards, and in summer, they'll put their bed out in the yard, and because they didn't have the air conditioning and all the other trimmings and trappings, so they'll put their little bed out in the yard and they'll sleep the night. Nowadays, we can't fall asleep inside the house also because of the security problem. And they were fast asleep outside. And most of the time there was not even a proper fence. Many times, many yards, there wasn't even a boundary wall or anything. This is open and if there was something, it was just like a demarcation, you could hop over it. There was not even a gate. I grew up in a yard up to the age of 18, which didn't have any boundary gate, any entrance gate. It had a, a, a hedge uh, on the boundary line and that too could be easily just jumped over, but nobody needed to jump over that because the entrance was wide open, nothing, no barrier and right to the house and there was never fear, there was no fear and there was no incident also. Now, that was once upon a time but now, if a person, there's a yard without a boundary wall without a big gate, without some uh, maybe even electric fencing and then on top of that an alarm system, and then sometimes even an armed guard. And you see all this in place, then you see it's pretty normal. So now why this became pretty normal? Because the risks became so high, that now all these security measures had to be undertaken. And nobody, if somebody says that, no, they're not going to do any of this, the immediate answer will be, you're not living 50 years ago. You're living now. You are in the 20th century. You are living in 2022. This is not when your grandfather was young. When your grandfather was young, that was his time. So when it comes to our dunya, then we talk in those terms that this is not 1945 and 1960, this is now 2022. So now you can't carry on like how you carried on 1945 and 1965. Now you have to take all your precautions, besides all the things you've done, you too have to be armed all the time. So for our physical security, our material security, we are very, very cautious and we are taking numerous steps of precaution and so many levels of security. Likewise, the risks with regards to Iman have also been, have escalated tremendously. The amount of fitnas that are abounding, the fitnas that are attacking Iman, a little Time in some environment is just capsizing people's iman. Sometimes a person is spending ten minutes on the phone, gone to some site, and the next thing he is talking some funny, funny things, and he's now saying, you "No, know, he believes what he read." Allah knows best what he read and where he went. Sometimes in that schooling environment, certain things are fed, and now the child is believing certain things which are totally against our basic aqidah and belief, and is now growing up with that to be fact. Now whereas that is total fallacy. Sometimes it's such immorality and vice that is being fed to the children and every stitch of Haya is then lost. And they're now growing up with that thinking, that's fine, that's normal now, So when there's such risks, can we live like we are now in 1945 still? Can we live like we still in 1965? No, we are in 2022 where the risks in terms of the security of Iman, that has gone very high. So now the levels of security for Iman also have to be dramatically increased. We cannot be casual, we cannot be carefree. Now what's going to protect our Iman? That is what we have to concentrate on, our Iman, the Iman of our children, the Iman of our families, the Iman of our progenies. We cannot be relaxed anymore about this, this is something to become very conscious about because without this Iman there is no entry to jannah. Somebody gets sick in dunya, somebody is in some financial difficulty, somebody in some other hardship, it moves us, we feel the pain of the person, if the person is some very close family member, some very close friend, then this becomes a very big concern for us as well, we feel pained about it, we try to do what we can to try and help, to try and uh, assist in some way, so all this we do to try and reduce the difficulty of dunya from somebody, to try and make somebody comfortable in dunya. But the dunya difficulty, no matter how severe it might be, but one day this will stop. Because when the eyes close, then there is no dunya pain anymore. And likewise, the comforts of dunya also, will all finish up one day. When the eyes close, no matter how comfortable the person was, he's also going to lie on that bare sand. One person passed away, and now while he was being buried, so his little grandchild About three years old, three and a half years old. So he also accompanied his father now to the Kabristan. So now the grandfather is being buried. Now he was very attached to his grandfather. And now three and a half, four years old. By that time now there's a lot of attachment living in the same home with the grandfather. So now he's seeing now what's going on. For the first time he's probably witnessing a Janaza. And for the first time he definitely was at a Kabristan. Now he's seeing this put in the ground, this big hole. And they brought him close to see now. So he's seeing his grandfather being lowered, and now he's talking aloud, he's a little child, so he's not realizing where he is, children speak their mind, and children, they got no hesitation to say what they want to say. Sometimes they may hesitate in the presence of strangers, and sometimes they don't mind where they are. They want to cry, they'll shriek wherever they are, they want to shout, they'll shout anyway, and they want to say something, they'll embarrass the parents also. They won't bother what they're saying, where they're saying it. That's the innocence of a child. So now this child too didn't realize where he is and what he's saying. He's an innocent child. So he's asking his father aloud. He doesn't know now what, what's happening really. That will Dada be okay in here? And how is he going to sleep in here now? But it's so cold inside there. And, it's, and there's no mattress or whatever he might have said. But he's bed. And then there's going to be light inside. Now he's asking questions which we might find very strange because it's the cover now we're talking about. But those questions are the reality. That yes, we all have to one day be sleeping on that bare sand. We all are going to be lowered in that grave. And that grave is very dark. The light of that grave is Iman and amal saliha That's going to be the light of the grave. It's very cold and very uncomfortable. But the comfort of the grave is the righteous deeds. The comfort of the grave is the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. the Surah Mulk the person recited. The salah that he performed. The fast that he kept these are things that are going to come to his assistance in the grave, and that will make his grave very comfortable. It will make it very spacious. But the point is that the preparation for that happens now, while life is still here. So now we get very affected with somebody's pain in dunya, and we want to keep them comfortable in dunya. More important than that, that too is very rewarding, and we should do the best we can in that regard as well. But more important than that for ourselves, our families to make the Qabar comfortable to try and secure the shade of the arsh on the day of Qiyamah when people will be drowning in their perspiration that will be such a great honour and such a great bounty but for in order to receive that we have to work now for ourselves, for our families, for our children we become so uh, overwhelmed when we see our child in difficulty can we change the situation in the Qabar if that becomes difficult for somebody's child if the day of Qiyamah, somebody's child is in another halat, at that time nobody will bother, the child won't bother about us, and we won't bother about the child. Every person will be bothered about themselves, they'll be so overwhelmed with the condition of that day, they'll be concerned only about themselves. So in any case, we have to therefore prepare, we have to bring that effort into our homes, that ta'aleem, daily tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, daily the zikr of Allah wa ta'ala, these are the things that are going to now keep that Iman going forward. We have to now keep checking what our children are picking up, what they are reading somewhere, where they are going, who they are associating with. Otherwise from time to time there have been these incidents where people suddenly woke up to a rude shock. And they just couldn't believe what they are hearing, they couldn't understand that this is not a nightmare, it's a reality, a very tragic reality, but suddenly somebody's child came out to say that Nauzubillah, Subhan Nauzubillah this was one incident that happened in Ramadan that two Ramadans ago actually one youngster studying somewhere else in Cape Town somewhere and his family living somewhere in KZN and he phones them in Ramadan and he says no, he wants to have a conference call with the entire family so now the conference call so they don't know what she's up to in any case now at that time of the night He's talking to everybody in the month of Ramadan, a half is of the Quran Sharif, and he's saying to them, Na'uzubillah, Summa Na'uzubillah, that he doesn't want to be living this lie anymore. And what is the so called lie that he's talking about? That he, Na'uzubillah, doesn't believe in, he has no iman left, he's already become an atheist, Na'uzubillah. Allah Taala save us. Now he says he was not, he was just pretending to be a Muslim for the past two, three years, long prior to that time when he announced it had already gone out, he was coming to the masjid also sometimes, but in his heart there was no Iman. Now this, everything sounded so rosy, sounded so normal, felt so, you know, fine, everything is okay, but suddenly they woke up to this rude shock, it was such a shock to the parents, and a family that was conscious of Deen, they were now phoning him every day, it's Ramadan, you made your sehri, you're making tilawat, and he somehow, that triggered him, that now he rather should tell them what he is, he's doing nothing. So this was the whole shock that they got. But this is a lesson for us. We make dua for him also. Allah Ta'ala bring him back into Iman. And all those who have unfortunately lost their way. Allah Ta'ala bless them with hidayat again. But at the same time we have to take a lesson for ourselves. For our families. For our children. That life is not something to be casual about anymore. This doesn't mean we will not enjoy the ni'mas of Allah Ta'ala. We will not have. Uh, the opportunity of um, enjoying whatever bounties Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, but we cannot become casual about our iman. We make shukr for whatever Allah has given us, but the security of iman that has to be given the highest priority. That requires that our environments of home are made dini environments. Those devices that are playing all kinds of things there, that television that is now blaring so many things, whatever other things that are bringing in all kinds of media into our homes and what not is now being fed into the hearts and minds of our children and families that is not a plaything, this is a very serious matter many a times there's so much of problems in homes but it's stemming from what? it's stemming from the lack of Deen, dini consciousness Taqwa and then there's all the Shaitani things that are playing in all the time in their home, as a result of which the burqat has all left. And now when the burqat has left, and the malaika are being chased away with whatever haram is taking place in their home sometimes, the sins of the eyes, the sins of the ears, and so many things that are happening. so The malaika of rahmat have gone, so the shayateen have flocked in, and all the burqat is out. So As a result, what else is going to happen? If you have gas, and then somebody also comes with a match, then what else is going to happen but an explosion? So now when there is haram taking place and on top of haram there is no righteousness or amal, good a'mal taking place there is no tilawat etc. Then this is a dangerous mix. That The lack of righteousness and the prevalence of haram then that's an explosion. Now there so many difficulties and so many homes are figuratively speaking so many homes are on fire. But what's the solution? The solution is only one. There cannot be any Other solution, the solution is coming back to where we started off. To become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. To develop this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And to give ourselves to Allah Ta'ala entirely. Now, many times we've heard these discussions, we've spoken this also over and over again, we hear about it, read about it. But merely listening, merely speaking, merely just reading about it is not going to change everything. That's a necessary part of it. That is the first part only. That is the first part to try and urge us, to inspire us by speaking about these things, by listening to it, that now we need to take the step forward. That is the crucial thing. To the extent that we apply the lessons that we learn, that is going to bring the benefit. So in these Mubarak days, in these days when we are talking about Qurbani, the decision has to be made that we are ready to make Qurbani in our lives. Qurbani of what? We have been taught to put the knife on everything that Allah Ta'ala gives us to command to put the knife on. All the haram desires, we must put the knife on it. Whatever comes in the way of fulfilling Allah Ta'ala's commands, we put the knife on it. Meaning we forsake it, we shun it, we put it aside. We don't allow that to become a barrier. We don't allow that to corrupt our iman, to become a fitna for us. We forsake it, we reject it, and we do that which will please Allah ta'ala. So whether it is at the time of Fajr, we put the knife on our sleep. Whether it is the time of Zohar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha, whatever comes in the way, we put the knife on that. Whether it is the western lifestyle, the western way of dressing, the immodest and, immodest and immoral way of dressing, we put the knife on that. Whether it is the things that are tempting our eyes to look at, which are haram, we put the knife on that. Whether it is listening to things Allah Ta'ala is displeased with, we put the knife on that. Whether it is those deliberate thoughts that take us far away from Allah, Ta'ala, we put the knife on that also. And we bring the heart back onto the zikr of Allah, Ta'ala. one is that uh, strange thoughts, that whisper of shaitan, a person is not accountable for this but to deliberately now run the mind into all kinds of evil, and thoughts of jealousy, of malice, and other haram thoughts, illicit thoughts, deliberately occupying the mind and heart with this, this obviously now, it really destroys the nur of the heart, and it starts redirecting the heart towards evil, it starts redirecting the heart towards things that are haram. So now when the heart goes in that direction, in the body, the heart is king. The body is going to follow the heart. And then Allah forbid what will happen. So this is the time to learn to make qurbani of all this. And to keep redirecting the heart towards the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. To bring salah in its... Establish it in our homes. That becomes the greatest priority. Tilawat of the Quran Sharif to take place in every home. Ta'aleem to take place in every home. And to bring the sunnah of Rasulullah ﷺ alive. Now these are some of the very starting points... That we need to make a decision for. And start making sure that these things start off in our homes. Not after Eid. This is the time of qurbani now. This is the time of starting of this good. And inshallah with the barakat of starting now. This will continue. In the hadith sharif it is mentioned. That Nabi S.A.W. says. That there are no times where good a'mal, righteous deeds. Are more beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Than the deeds performed in these 10 days. The first 10 days of Hijjah. We have this little time left of these first ten days. So if we start off with these righteous deeds also and get some things going in our home, start off with discussing some sunnats of Rasulullah some taalim, some tilawat, some zikr, inshallah the barakat of this will continue, that this will become a means of us inshallah our whole home environment coming fully as a dini environment and this will take us and our progenies forward in deen and iman Allah wa ta'ala give us a taufiq that we turn entirely towards Allah ta'ala, we give our hearts to Allah ta'ala alone, it brings within our hearts and minds the, the spirit of qurbani that Ibrahim alayhi had we imbibe that muhabbat of Allah ta'ala in our hearts and Allah ta'ala's love becomes dominant over everything in this way our dunya will get made despite whatever the challenges would be but Allah will protect us and just as we need to be bringing these things in our lives. We should be encouraging one another and passing this on to others as well to make the general environment positive. Then we will see the help of Allah Taala coming to us all entirely. Allah Taala give us the tawfiq for aakhirul da'wana and ilhamdurillahi rabbil alamin. Allahu malak alhamdu kullo wa laka shukr kullo. Allahu malaa nusheethanan alaik antakama asnita 'ala nafsika. Jazallahu 'anna nabiyyana Muhammadan sallallahu alaihi wasallam bima hu ahlu. ربنا وعلمنا انفسنا وإن لم تخف لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك انت العز الاكرم اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكها أنت وليها ومولها اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى وجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فخف لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وأتنا ما وعدتنا على رسولك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف النعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله